Hi, welcome to the Rafiki Foundation podcast. I'm Karen Elliott, and I'm the executive director for the Rafiki Foundation, and I'm your host of this podcast. Here on this podcast, we like to discuss all things classical and biblical and uh, African and missional. Uh, because we are a mission sending agency, a Christian missionary agency, working in 10 countries in Africa. We're helping people know God and helping them raise their standard of living. And we do that through Bible study in our Rafiki villages and with our Rafiki church partners and with the widows program. So we're all about Bible study, but we also help people raise their standard of living through classical Christian education in our own 10 Rafiki villages and schools, but also in helping our church partners and other schools in Africa adopt our classical Christian education system. So the critical part to that is our teacher training colleges. And so today on this podcast, I'm interviewing Becky and Richard here in Uganda. We're just outside of Kampala, Uganda. It's a sunny, clear, very uh, temperate day here. And I'm going to be talking with Becky and Richard, who are both graduates from our teacher training college, and they're now teachers here at our Rafiki Foundation Classical Christian School in Uganda at the Rafiki Village. So I'm going to talk to Becky and Richard a little bit about how they came to uh, the Rafiki School. You'll get to hear their story, how they came to the teacher training, why they wanted to be teachers, and they're going to tell you from a Ugandan perspective about classical Christian education and how it's working in the context here. I think you'll enjoy hearing their stories. So welcome, Becky and Richard, to this podcast. Thank you so much. Great meeting both of you. I've seen you both before, I know, as I've come through here, because both of you have been in the Teachers College program. You were here three years, is that right? Yes. Great. Well, I'm going to let Richard talk first, and then Becky, you can talk next. I'm going to ask you, first question I just want to know is, so Richard, how did you end up here at the Rafiki village uh, in Kampala, outside outside Kampala in Wakisa? Um, coming to Rafiki, one of my greatest friends, Marit, uh, told me about uh, Rafiki and uh, its education system. Mm -hmm. Classical education didn't make sense to me at that moment. Since growing up, I went to Ghana schools, basically teaching the Ghana curriculum. Mm -hmm. So he came and there was a presentation at a school. Um, he brought a brochure back home. He explained to me, and and he sent me to another student who was um, in the program already called Olivia. So I went talked to Olivia. Say, how does that work? So now, don't ask a lot of questions. Just come and sit yourself. I can't explain. Um, I came here, it was a Thursday. Came, I met uh, Mr. Campy and uh, the wife. Mm -hmm. They asked me questions, I answered, and they, had, they always had smiles, yeah. which I found so strange. Really? Are you saying Americans don't smile much? Well, <laughs> uh, in Uganda, uh, it is very hard to find a grown-up man at the age of Mr. Kambi 
or is peace of mind in that? Well, that's a good point. You know, I'm, I'm going to take a little side trip on that because it's a neat point that you make. Uh, David and Lynn Company were missionaries here at the village for about two years, and he ran the rice program. David was a lawyer, and he is an older man, uh, yes. And so you're right, perhaps in the Ugandan context, for a person in authority to be friendly to someone much younger than them is unusual. And you know, I think that is because David is a strong Christian. He loves the Lord, and he is a kind man, certainly demanding of respect uh, because of his uh, knowledge and his um, seniority. But yet on the other hand, he's a humble man, and uh, he just loves God's people. So that's why he was smiling, you know, and uh, David is now on our board of directors at the Rafiki, Rafiki Foundation in the U.S. So, uh, so you, so you were, you came to see, you were told to come and see, so you came and you interviewed and you were warmly received, so carry on. So after life, they gave me an interview of math and English. You took a test. Yes, and math was really my best subject in school, so I really felt maybe I'm home. <laughs> okay. Um, then I met a I am Patty. Okay, Patty Lafarge, right? Uh, and uh, I remember she she welcomed me like this. I welcome you in the name of the Lord. She would say that. Yes. Uh, okay. So that was just another strange. Uh, someone welcoming you in the name of the Lord. Hmm. Fine. For some time we had been at the same church, but uh, we had we, we always had a very big distance in between us. Uh-huh. Me and Madame uh, Rafael. So, welcoming me in that name now give me another thinking that hey, maybe I need now to explore more well, of what's really happening here, in here. So, I took my interview and then they told me, you come and see better things for yourself. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is nothing, you're not seeing anything. Mm. I went home and then Monday, I reported, they gave me a Bible. Mm-hmm. They, they gave me a Bible and a, a Bible lesson plan. And I thought to myself, okay, a Bible and a lesson plan, is this all? <laughs> is this all that I have come for? Um, but um, that was just the starting point. That was just the beginning. Now, did you have a Bible already? I had a Bible. Mm-hmm. So uh, when they gave me a Bible, it was a little bit smaller, mm-hmm. and I and I had a bigger Bible okay. on ESV still. Mm-hmm. So I told them I'm not using that Bible. I have my own. Okay, that was good. And they asked, "Can we see it?" Mm-hmm. I brought my Bible. I said, "Oh, it's the same as ours. Yes, that yours is a study Bible. Mm-hmm. Ours, the first year, the, the, the first quarter." We use this one so that we can train you how to use this study Bible. Great, and then you'll get that. Well, and I'll stop here too. Patty Lafage uh, also was a missionary here with us, and I think she was out here for almost 10 years. And uh, Patty is now back in Paris, France. And uh, actually, I'm going to hopefully send her a link to this podcast because she'll be happy to know that Richard and Becky remember her and did so well. So the so first day you get a Bible and you get the Rafiki Bible study and how was it the first year? Was it hard? Not entirely, mm-hmm. but usually the first quarter 
was hard. Mm -hmm. Things were new, new subjects, no, uh, new contexts. I had never gotten a chance to read books, literature books on my own. Mm. It was always by force. Okay. The teacher had to force you to read them. And that was for an exam? Yes. So you read books just to prepare for an exam or a test of some sort. Not a lot of just reading literature for enjoyment uh, and to enjoy the story or the language. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so you didn't get to do much of that. Do you have a lot of books at home yourself? Now I have started to Now you do. Books. Yeah, but prior to that, you didn't have. And now, why, uh, why did you come to a teacher's college? I mean, you finished high school, right? Yes. Did you do well enough to get into university or no? I did well. Yeah, okay. And so you had a choice. You could have gone to university or you could have come here and you came here because you wanted to be a teacher or what? I have never thought of becoming a teacher <laughs> because uh, Ghanaian culture portrays teachers drunkards. Oh, really? Uh, poor. Teachers aren't well respected yes. in the culture. They aren't well respected. Mm. And so I never thought of becoming a teacher. Mm -hmm. And my dream was to become an engineer, civil engineer. Okay. But in my senior four, somehow I would go and teach older people who were doing the same exam as I was going to. You were tutoring older uh, private students yes. who needed to take the national exam. Yes. You were helping them catch up. Okay, so you, okay, keep going. It's interesting. But still, I was just doing it for money. Mm -hmm. um, being in school and you can and some little money. And so I didn't realize that that was catching up with me. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's what God was calling me. After my senior six, I started you know, teaching Sunday school. I would enjoy kids around me. You know, they, would, um, you know, they could be around me. Um, I had my simple, simple stories I would tell them. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I never dreamt of becoming a teacher. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom, um, well, there was a certain teacher that she loved so much because hmm. that teacher was uh, training us to be uh, good people. Mm -hmm. And he, that teacher always used the name, the word character, mm -hmm. develop your character, and the rest will just follow you. So my mom loved that element. And at some point, uh, she told me, My son, I really can't afford this, but you want, but you can try teaching. And be like the other mm. teacher. Interesting. You can, you can change the world. Mm. And when the opportunity came, I told her about it. She was like, "What are you waiting for? Go and try it out." And then I told her, "I don't have uh, transport to that place. Mm -hmm. I need. I'm going to need books. I'm going to need this." And I remember she told me, "Are you the one who gave yourself that idea?" Maybe it is me, she told me no. My mom is a Catholic, but now uh, she's a person who uh, sees me and says, I think now I'm ready uh -huh. to, to become a Christian. That's great. So every time we go home, we are always talking about mm -hmm. Christianity. So she, so she tells me, go and try your luck. Mm -hmm. I came here and I remember she gave me 10k. To come, um, to come and join this, 
Then I have a brother. She gave you 10,000 children, which just for the audience is about maybe three or four US dollars uh, at the exchange rate at the time. Today, it's probably more like $2.50. But she really, that was a sacrifice for her to give you that, to, for transport to get here. Now, the program is tuition free, but it's true, the students have to find a way here. They don't live here and come to the program. And at the time, we also didn't provide meals. Uh, we started providing meals in the last year or so. And uh, so they have to cater for themselves and they have to provide their own transport. Uh, the books are free, however. You don't have to buy your own books. We do provide the materials. So you had uh, sometimes, what, a 45-minute trip here every one way? Some days it'd be longer if there was traffic. Is that right? Well, let me, uh, let me turn to Becky and get her story, how she came, and then I'm going to come back to both of you, and you can tell me what you're doing now and how you see this type of education impacting your country. All right, so Becky, tell us your story. How did you come to Rafiki, and, and, and why are you a teacher? My story of coming to Rafiki, I keep telling people generally ask. My story is just a miracle. I still don't know how it happened, but God just did it. And to me, it just makes it clear that anytime God has a plan for you, it is He's going to fulfill it, whether you want to be or not. Because being a student, I never wish to be a teacher. Because of course, um, the teachers will beat you, the teachers will do this, so I never liked anything mm -hmm. like being a teacher. The only thing I remember would say is, I want to become a teacher so that I teach the, the, the child of this teacher, and I also beat them. So, <laughs> so you were thinking about revenge. Yeah, like, I'm going to be a teacher so I can get back at the teachers that beat me, yes. and I'm going to beat their child. Okay. This but is good. I can see God has gotten a hold of your heart. <laughs> it was good things. I really wanted to be a teacher. But I remember when I finished my senior six, one of my uncles told me, I think you should join teaching. So I told him, I think you're not talking to the right person at the right moment. I told him, I, don't, I never wished my hand to be a teacher. So he told me, maybe just try it. I had taken time without talking to that person. And surprisingly, he called me and that is when he told me. That is why I say, if God wants to give you something, He will cause anything for you to do. So I told him, maybe try. Then they made programs for me, maybe join this teacher's college. Because they told me one of the first thing they told me, if you want to be a teacher, you join a university here in Uganda. It is not effective for you because when you go to a university, it has all courses. Mm. They have doctors, they have this, so they cannot concentrate teaching only mm. and even what they deliver is not that much effective. So they told me it would be better if you join a teacher's college. Okay. But it was a bit hard for me to join teacher's college and money and everything. So I said maybe I should first wait and see what we will do for me. Then that is when I talked to Richard and he tells me they gave him a procure about race. Okay. So I told him I really don't know whether I'm really comfortable but let me try. So coming in this place and I'm more welcome, the environment is just calm. Yeah. Like you just feel I really need to be in this place. Mm. So they welcome you, they give you that interview, and even though they encourage you, it is not that you cannot do it. They give you this feeling that you can do it, mm -hmm. it is not hard. Mm -hmm. So they gave me that feeling, I did that interview, I passed that interview. And then they're like, okay, go back home, think about it, probably you will be able to come. 
So I go home, I think about it, I tell my parents about it, but also they are also worried about it. So I'm going to get the tuition, I'm going to get this. Then I explain to them, the college I'm going to go to, I'm not going to be paying school fees, I'm not going to be paying tuition, but only I'll have to get for my going and like those little, little things that you need to get for. So they say, maybe we should try it, but who are you going to be getting the transport anyway? And God brings up a person who is willing to pay for my transport. Really? Each and every day. Really? So he, he says, because I talked to him, I told him, I got the opportunity to reach him, but I don't think I can accommodate the transport and everything. So he tells me, go and join the institute. I'm going to pay all the transport. Really? So you had a, a sponsor, someone here in the country who helped you with the transport? Interesting. So, That's great. It's interesting that I have a sponsor who is doing the tuition, the materials that I need for school, and I have a sponsor who is getting for my transport. So it was just when removing everything perfectly for me to be the person that I was supposed to be. So he pays all the transport, and then I start school and go into the college. Sometimes it was hard, but with the smiles I told you about, people come to class, they encourage you. They tell you, you're going to do it. It is not hard. So you keep going from step yeah. to step yeah. to step. Even when you feel like, no, I don't know. At least you have Bible study. So when you're in Bible study, that time you read something that is encouraging. I'm like, I think, okay, the school, the class things are a bit hard, but I really don't want to do this Bible study. I still want to eat more of it. I don't more of it. And from point to point, we describe us through our transport. That's great. That's great, and I love the Bible study part uh, at every Rafiki village, in the school, and in the teacher's college, and in the different departments at a Rafiki village. We start with Bible study, don't we? And it's the same book of the Bible for everybody that they go through, and then they go on to the next book. Um, so during the three years, you would have studied how many books of the Bible do you think? Probably 10, maybe? 10 books of the Bible, straight through? Genesis, Exodus, maybe? Matthew? Or some old? Yeah, more, more than 10. More than 10, probably. Went through, and did you get some theology courses as well? Yes. Yeah, some church history? Yes. Yeah, and you read some books, some literature? Yes. Was there a favorite book that you read while you were in the teacher's college? I really cannot say it's a very, very favorite book because I think when a person, when someone sat down and they came up with a curriculum that you follow in the, in the teacher's college, they were really intentional on choosing all the books. Like every book that you open and start reading, it is a new book. And there are new insights that you learn. Like every particular book, there is no book I can say, I didn't enjoy this book, I didn't enjoy this book. Because in all the books, there is something. I read Ringo in time, I got something there. I read Mrs. Graves of recent as the Indian Pastor Chronicles of Bible. I never thought I would even say to it like But that's <laughs> what I enjoy there is any like everything. I've been good favorite friends there. So <laughs> you have favorite was, friends in a wrinkle I mean in uh, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. Yes, I got favorite friends. Who's your favorite friend in Chronicles? Oh really? Yeah. You like Patrick. No, I like Tree Patrick because okay. he's hard. It's just like mere mouse friends. It's a mere mouse. So it was just like all the books you read from book to book, they are really impactful and they are effective. Yeah. That when you read from this one, you're going to get this message. And also, the 
fact that there is an integration with God. So yeah. it is not that I'm just reading a book like this, but there is an attachment, there is a line, there is a link between the book and God. So yeah. it is not I'm reading one thing, but there is also the perspective of God. Because when you read the, the Chronicles of Daniel, when they read the line as God, yeah. it, it helps you think about God. So it is just, everything is just it really is, and you are, so I just love this because you've read some beautiful literature, literature for adults, literature for young adults, literature for small children, so that's part of what you get introduced to, right, in the program. And now you're teaching four-year-olds, is that right? So how do you bring all of that to bear in the classroom? What does that look like? In class, when you go, when you, in, when you, when you ingress, yeah. Some of the things I told someone that some of the things do not make sense when you invite until you go to class. Like when you're learning about how the children throw tantrums, how this and this is happening, reading aloud, they do not make sense. But when you go to class and you actually apply it practically, you understand the real essence that is involved. Because right now in my class, every day at least a child would tell teacher read for us this book. Like they want you to, like they have that desire. Yeah. Please teach I read. Because they cannot read by themselves. But every time you read, like there is that heart that you see that is flowing because <laughs> they really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I, I uh, love what you said there because it, uh, you, you write in, in the teacher's college, you learn the different teaching methods that are done in the classroom and like you say discipline methods how to work with a child that's having a tantrum but you don't see exactly how it all works together until you're in the class and you see that when you read aloud to children they're less likely to have tantrums right because they're at peace they're they're focused on the story particularly if you do a read aloud well and you learn how to read aloud well you learn how to read first and foremost, and then you learn how to read aloud to others. And then yourself, you learn how to see the story from God's perspective, which you then reflect to the children. And it fills them with wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. You see that even in four-year-olds. Yes. Now, now, Richard, I'm going to turn to you. You're teaching grades four, five, and six now to Rafiki School. So both of you got hired here at the school. You actually got jobs. That's a good thing. But that's just the bottom rung, isn't it? You get to work in this beautiful place. So how do you see all the learning you received at Rice flowing out into your classrooms? What are you teaching and how do you see that happening? Let me start with Android Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just like what like I said, some of the things as you're learning them, they don't make sense. Learning spellings in our uh, Rice programs, they didn't make any sense to me. But now that I'm teaching them spellings, Mm-hmm. I know what it means to learn how to spell a word. That mm-hmm. uh, you tell a child, please let us uh, apply the cover copy compare method. Mm-hmm. And you teach him how and why and when. And you see that the child who was getting 40 is now striving to get a 50. A 60, a 70, mm-hmm. and 80. Mm-hmm. And you will see the smile on the child's face. Two, uh, we are not, uh, when we are growing up, our parents don't really much to us. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's like we are 
independent on our own mm. and even having student. Mm. But coming to school, a child gets a book, yeah. uh, you, you sit in front of them, you open the book, you read in front of them. Mm. Um, uh, grade five, that um, I read out to them, and then they also read out to themselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, before uh, they were they were telling me, we, we didn't like books. Mm. We hate reading. Really, they Just told like you that me before I was. But when I started reading out to them, mm -hmm. actually, we even had a book fair here in the auditorium. Mm -hmm. They came. Even up to the, even those in a, in um, in a grade eight, I don't teach. They come to to ask for recommendations of for book recommendations because of the book fair you did. Yes, because of the book. Yeah, fair. That, was that a project you had to do for the teachers' college? Yes. So you had to put on a book fair. Yes. Well, I'm gonna. I do want to get this story, and then we're gonna finish up the uh, the podcast with one more question, but. Tell us in about two to three minutes about the book fair. What did you do and how did it go? Uh, book fair was something new to us. Okay. So we didn't know what to do. But we had um, our dean, Mrs. Graves, mm -hmm. who was always expecting us with a question. What are we going to do about this? Please guide us into this. Please, we need help here. And, uh, she would say, give me time, let me think about this, let me see how we can do it together. And since we had two of us, it was really something that scared us off. Two of us, we need to have over 50 or 60 students coming in, how are we going to do it, which books should we look at, um, why we may need to do this. We had all those questions going around. Mm -hmm. But uh, for like three weeks, or is constantly meeting with her mm -hmm. to discuss. We have to come up with a theme, we should say, go and think about the themes and bring them, mm -hmm. and then we discuss them together. So we go think about the themes. We had very many of them. And then we realized that um, we don't know we don't know much about the solar system. Okay. All we know is just fantasy. Mm -hmm. So she told us what well, what if we start with this. What if we try out this and see what will be the response of the kids? We need now to entice these kids to start moving away from much of the fiction books, now to non-fiction, so that they can as well know solar system can as well be non-fiction. It is real because they want to study it in class. Okay, so what was your so Becky, what was what did you call your theme to help them uh, get into non-fiction books? We used the same theory, we just did space, what the person used So space, so outer space or uh, the solar system, that was the theme, uh, books that have to do with outer space. So how did you, what were some of the books you all selected to have at the book fair? Particularly we selected books that talk about space, weather, the different things that fly in air, the different creatures, so it was just a variety of those books. Oh great, and how many books did you have total out for the students? Many? Many? A hundred? More. More than that. And you did it in the gymnasium? Yes. And uh, now, did you all do a drama? Yes. So Becky, tell me about the drama. Who were the characters? In the drama that we did, it was from the book of 
Archimedes. Archimedes and Archimedes. Uh, yeah. And so Pythagoras was the was Archimedes, and yeah. that's King Hero. You were King Hero, yes. and he was Archimedes. Yes. Okay. So we did we did the experiment of the lever. Oh, a lever and uh, a weight on the bottom. Yes, and the weight on the bottom. Okay. So that is the one that we did, and it was really nice. <laughs> it was really nice. Nowadays, we're not passing the whole time. Students call me King Hero. They still call you King Hero. So all the kids uh, was it grades four to eight? Yes. They came and they watched you do the demonstration yes. uh, and proved how the lever would lift a heavy weight. Yes. Yeah, you had a great discussion on that, right? Sort of a debate. Archimedes said one thing. Archimedes was the idea man, right? Yes. And you, as hero, were the practical. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And then you realize when we when we just started the book fair, all the students seemed a bit bored. They really weren't interested. Huh. Because reading in Uganda is not something that we really value. Yeah. But so if you introduce something new, some new <coughs> students like you have to pull out. So when we did the, the when they came in, they were all a bit not so excited about it. But after doing the experiment and explaining to them the they really were now eager, okay, they want to go and see their books, they want to check in, check out your books. So after the experiment and after the sketch that we did in the beginning, everyone was just rushing, okay, now we want to go and start. Just a really? Yeah. So they all checked out their books, they took their books, they read them, and they went them back. Fantastic. It worked. It really worked. Because what a great project. Where, that is where now they start asking, so which book are I get for reading? Which book are I get for reading? So that is right now. So both of you, they, they find you on the compound, they run into you, and they're like, Uncle Richard. Yeah, or Archimedes. You're in trouble. They're like, what's the latest book? Yes. Oh, you know, I like science fiction myself. I do. I enjoy science fiction. I uh, was starting to listen to The Invisible Man by H.G. Wells, which is a very interesting book. And it has a moral to it. It has a moral to it. Just like Frankenstein has a moral to it. And... Uh, and War of the Worlds, uh, wow, that definitely has a moral to it. It's not just an interesting story in outer space. Of course, C.S. Lewis's space trilogy is fantastic. So anyway, a great, see, books. We love books, don't we? All right, I want, you, I want to give each of you just like one minute each. See if you can say in a minute why this is a great education system for Uganda. Go ahead, Becky, you start, and Richard, you can wrap up. So classical education is a great education for Uganda. Why? Because after going through classical education, you are the best teacher. Mm. That I can say you are the best teacher. And it is not just you, it is not that you only concentrate on your teaching and everything. You're also building your character. You're building your soul. Like the whole of this being a leader. Mm. It is just a great education. Because after going through all this education, all that years, I can assure you, it, it never left me the same. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that have changed about me that it's just a good people who saw me before. You know, I think it's a great point. It builds up the whole person, yes. drawing out your whole potential, giving and really giving you uh, a sense of wonder and hope yes. uh, because you have potential and you have the ability to think about different things and learn about different things. It opens up your eyes and opportunities, but all from a godly, godly perspective, which is what you all have been saying all along here. I see that. I mean, our schools are alive. 
Our teachers are alive. There's a sense of life and joy and wonder and hope in the classroom that you don't find outside, right? Yeah. How about you, Richard? Yes, uh, classical innovation relating it to our Ugandan system of education. Mm. Someone who went through Ugandan system and if he or she, or she sits down with a child coming to a Rafiki classical school, just the primary, secondary, and they start to discuss matters, the child is going to portray out a lot of uh, maturity in how uh, facts are being displayed mm -hmm. because the child does not only understand but applies there is that application part mm -hmm. which is missing a child is brought away from uh, pp1 mm -hmm. we are having a hands-on mm -hmm. so he knows he understands he applies mm -hmm. which is unlike in other Ugandan system where you sit you wait for the teacher. We go into practicals, science. You do it practically, the child will understand more. Mm -hmm. uh, language arts, the child will, will see the progress. Mm -hmm. There is love and beauty. Mm -hmm. The teachers, we go into class, joy, mm -hmm. you know, full of joy. Mm -hmm. You are in class, you really, sometimes uh, I, I, I am about to forget that thing. I just need to go to the because I'm just enjoying myself. Boy, Joy. and if you enjoy a meal, so will the person sitting next to you, right? They're going to want to have a bite of it because it's like, oh man, Richard is loving this meal. I want a taste of that meal. And you know, it, it edu you know, connecting, edu connecting the topics, the subjects with who God is gives purpose and meaning to education beyond just taking a test, beyond just memorizing. You know, the Minister of Education in Ghana made a speech a year ago, and what he said was just absolutely right. He says, you cannot memorize yourself out of poverty. And so what you just said a few minutes ago, the Ugandan system is the teacher just talks and the children write it down, and they're just trying to memorize something to pass a test. Whereas here, in this school, and the way you two have been trained to teach, you're setting a feast before the children something you're enjoying and they are enjoying, and it develops an appetite and a love for all things true, good, and beautiful, all under the sovereignty of God. And that is the way human beings were made to be. And then they get to be all that God has for them here in this country. And, there, and it works in Uganda because people are people everywhere, right? Yes. That's right, and so this brings people alive. Well, look, Becky and Richard, thank you both um, spending time with me this morning here in Kampala, Uganda, at the Rafiki Village in Wakiso area. And uh, it's a school with about 400 plus children. And Becky and Richard have gone through our three-year teacher training college. They are both teachers now in our school and absolutely delightful to be with. I would love to be in your classroom. So I'm just going to wrap up here and say if um, you'd like to find out more about our work, you can go to our website, RafikiFoundation.org. And there are three ways you might want to help continue um, to participate in this work. First, you can pray for Rafiki's work. And secondly, you can pray. And thirdly, you can pray, of course. 
but you might want to help support a child from the surrounding community to come to one of our Rafiki Foundation schools in any one of our 10 countries. You can go online and actually find the name and a photo and a story of a child that needs sponsorship. So you can have one-to-one -one, um, interaction with a child coming to one of our schools. Or you can just give to the scholarship program weekly, monthly, annually, however you'd like to give. Or perhaps you would like to be a David or Lynn Company or a Michelle Graves or a Patty Lafage. Uh, or Amber and Paul Okoth, missionaries who are here in Uganda serving, helping to raise up more Beckys and Richards to be teachers, helping to raise up children who will impact the country. So you can also find that on our website under Mission Opportunities. God just might be calling you that you might get to do this. Well, thanks for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned. Hopefully we'll be in Tanzania next and we'll catch another podcast there. Thank you, Becky and Richard. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.